They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They talking all of they talking all of they talking. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast, the best wrestling podcast in the business. I am Ron Pashery, columnist for TJRWrestling.net. I'm here tonight. It's the first two-man power trip in quite some time. Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Auckland, New Zealand. Our resident, are you still the resident European champion? No, I am the European Okay, <laughs> so you haven't given it up yet? No. All right, has Austin Aries taken your challenge yet? No. He's All right, I, I figured that. Yeah. And now I believe Hideo Itami is injured. Yep. And I don't know if that, has that feud taken place yet or no? Not yet. All right, due to so, this, It's not going to happen due to this Yeah, injury. so now it won't. Uh, but this week we had No Mercy. Smackdown pay-per-view, it's their second one. Gable and Jordan, American Alpha, once again not on the show, relegated to the pre-show. We were treated to the main event first, which had people theorizing that maybe that meant something would happen at the end of the show. But they really just did it, it seems, to keep the main event ahead of the presidential debate. I guess that was a smart move on their part. It made I, the sh- I think about it that way. Yeah, it made the show a little bit weird yeah. for me. Um, but... What I guess I'll ask for your grade of the show. Okay. You might want to refresh the listeners of our grading system. Yeah, well, our rating system is simple. If it's a horrible show, it's a jobber. Fall somewhere in the middle, it's a slobber knocker. If it's an awesome show, we call it a showstopper. All right. So where did this one fall for you? Um, I'm just gonna give it a plain slobber knocker because um, it wasn't as good as Backlash, but there were things that, that hit, things that th- things that missed. There wasn't anything bad except for the inspirational Baron Corbin against yeah. <laughs> So other than that, I enjoyed I enjoyed the show, not to the level of Backlash. I, I didn't mind the the AJ the main, well the main event being first, right. but not sure what the presidential debate tomorrow. Because I didn't think about that. Yeah. But um, I didn't I didn't mind it because I thought it would it would have a, a better end to the show, but it really didn't. It was just like. I like Luke, Har- Luke Harper and all, but it's like, that's it. No, I know what you mean. It was like, uh, you didn't get like the big send-off, which is, that's why it's the main event. Like, yeah. it's supposed to send the show off. Yeah, because I thought it was going to be an ongoing thing, because in 2007, the title was defended three times. John Cena got hurt the week prior, so he couldn't defend the title, so mm-hmm. the title was awarded to Orton, and Triple H won it, and he would defend it against Umaga after he beat Orton the same night, and then he would lose it to Orton in the main event again. Yeah. So that's why I thought we were going to get something like that. Maybe Cena will get his 16. And then AJ demand his rematch at the end of the show. Right. That and that's kind of what I thought. Now I did think there was a chance it was solely to get it on early because of the debate. That is what happened. Um, and I'm actually kind of glad that it turned out that way because I probably would have been upset. One of the things I've been saying. First, slob, plain slobber knocker. I'll get that out of the way first. It was a decent show. I enjoyed it, but it didn't blow me away. And I think maybe if the main event went on last, it might have made for a better show. But that wasn't the case. But I've been saying all along, Cena deserves that 16th title reign. But it should mean something when it happens. And I would have been pissed if he got it just to say he got it at the beginning of the show, only to lose the title at the end of the show. Yeah. And I would have been pissed for on AJ's behalf, too. Because it's like, okay, you're the champion, but you lost. So, with that being said, the main event kicked off the show. I thought this was a great match. I did, too. I thought all three guys were very good. Does it is it was this Dean Ambrose's personal best match of the year or not quite? Um, 
it's up there. I still I still hold the Triple H match to a high yeah. regard, but this is probably his second best match of his of, of of the year for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, it was up there. Uh, so, for the first time in a while, I watched the pay per view amongst friends, yourself included, and I and think, my best friend. Yes, your best friend was there also. I think maybe I'm I'm wondering if maybe it wasn't the drinking in my late teens and early twenties that keeps me from remembering the shows, or if it's the fact that I can't stop talking that makes me not remember the shows as well. Because I retained way less from this show than any of the ones I watched by myself. That's what, I always gotta watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, I unfortunately didn't have time to watch it again, but I was super confused by the double tap. Uh-huh. When AJ tapped out to both of them, I again I think I was talking to Eric or maybe I was talking to to Dan. But when I turned around, I saw the ref kind of like pushing AJ away. And I was like, so is he eliminated? I had no idea what was going on. Obviously, the match didn't end. It can't end with him tapping out to both guys. So the match continued. Ultimately, AJ wins with a chair shot. Did you find it interesting that Cena took the loss and not Ambrose? No, I didn't because... We know Cena's going to get 16, and this is the way to get 16 because you have to build sympathy for Cena because you have to make it look like he can't mm-hmm. get it done. And then I think Cena's losing it. <laughs> Since one is a plain chair shot, two plain chairs like beat John Cena. Yeah. So, so they're, they're, they're writing it. They're telling the story that he's losing it. Yeah. So to, to build up that he, can't, he will come back and win a title because he's going to doubt himself because they just beat him three times now. And yeah. you saw on SmackDown that AJ kind of – Hammer it down. I beat John Cena again. AJ, mm-hmm. Cena hasn't beat AJ one on one. Right, and I'm so I was a big fan of that. I I think we always assume like okay, in that situation, Cena's not going to take the loss, but it made sense to do it for story purposes. So what they're doing is making sense. They're paying attention to the details, which WWE does not always do. So I appreciate they did in this sense. And you're right. This could be the way to make that 16th title reign. While everybody knows it's coming. They could at least tell the story of he can't beat AJ Styles, and then he finally does. Yeah. And AJ just gets to keep saying how he's the guy who beat John Cena. You know, I'm the face that runs the place. He came out on SmackDown last night saying the champ is here. Has a nice ring to it. Loved his promo to start SmackDown. Even in, even in his intro thing, it, it says the face that runs the place on the sidebar, yeah. too. Yeah, it didn't start SmackDown. Yeah. That was a mistake on my part. But I, I also love when he's introduced... The announcer saying, "He what does he say? He requested to be introduced as the face yeah. of the place. <laughs> like the fact that he's specifically, oh, can, can, you, can you say this when he introduced me? I think that's hysterical. Um, but he was bragging about how he beat Ambrose and Cena both in the same night. And any other champion would take a year off or at least a month or maybe even a night, but not me. SmackDown is a land of opportunity. I'm going to give somebody an opportunity tonight. Uh, this is very much like the original Rocky movie with Apollo Creed giving a nobody a shot, which turned out to be Rocky Balboa. In this instance, Dean Ambrose comes out saying, nobody's jumping me in line. Nobody on this roster is jumping me in line. He said, well, this guy's not on the roster. I, I didn't know who it was going to be, but I knew who I hoped it was, and it was James Ellsworth. Were you happy to see James Ellsworth make his return on SmackDown? No. No? You don't, so you don't like James Ellsworth? No. Ellsworth. See, I do, uh, for a variety of reasons. I like that they brought back the squash match, the enhancement match, whatever you want to call it. And it could have very easily been, he was like the first guy to do it, and it could have very easily been, okay, he was forgotten the next week. But for whatever reason, he like resonated with people, and they had to bring him back. Now, 
he's back having a match with AJ. Non-title, of course. I love that AJ <laughs> said that as well. I like how AJ just says, Dean! Yeah. <laughs> Dean! Yeah, the way he said it. Yeah, he's like, well, he's not on the roster, Dean. Uh, I loved Ambrose's promo, though. Yeah. Like that whole, you're, you know, you're mine, I'm, I ain't done with you yet, and I'll buy a long shot. Paraphrasing from Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day. I even like that he put over Ellsworth's Any Man With Two Hands Has a Fighting Chance as <laughs> Ellsworth 316. Like he put it over as yeah. an Austin-type catchphrase. Um, so I clearly like this story more than you did. I love the Dean's like, i got to be honest, I kind of want to see this. I like the story. It's just I don't care that, that James Ellsworth stuff. <laughs> it's like, again? Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And I don't, I don't know if he's going to be there much longer. Well, he beat the world champion. He beat the world champion. Like, how cool is that for a guy like that, though? To okay. now be able to say, like, I, yeah, I pinned the WWE world champion. Is he going to say that at House of Hardcore? I don't know. He might. He can come out and cut a pretty good promo. Um... Daniel Bryan comes out. I'm a big James Ellsworth fan, so I'll let this match stand, even though, AJ, you shouldn't be booking your own matches. And he allows Dean to be the special guest referee. I thought this was an instance where the goofiness of Dean was highlighted perfectly. Because him taking the shirt off of the official and putting it on, (laughs) unbuckling his belt and tucking the shirt all the way into his jeans, taking all the stuff out of his jeans... Coaching James Ellsworth at the beginning of the match on how to do an arm drag. Searching AJ Styles. Yeah. I loved it at the beginning of the match when they went to lock up. He kept getting in between them and being in the way. And then, of course, he carried James Ellsworth to the victory and had to drag him out of the ring afterwards. So this is a way for Dean to get one up on AJ without actually beating him himself. But James Ellsworth now has a world title shot on SmackDown next week. Does he? Yeah, they announced it on SmackDown Live last night. I did? Yeah. Huh. And I don't know if he was literally just fine, because he was one of the featured guests on Talking Smack. Uh Uh-huh. And Daniel asked him, like, a little bit about his career. He said, you know, I've been doing this for 14 years, uh, so this is a dream come true to be on Raw and SmackDown, to be in the ring with the world champion. And Daniel Bryan said, you know, you're an inspiration to a lot of people. We're going to give you a world title shot next week. I don't, I don't know if they were. he was just finding out then or if it was just a story. But, yeah, he's got a world title shot next week against AJ Styles. Huh. <laughs> so now not only has he does he have a pinfall victory over the WWE world champion, he will have an actual world championship match. Uh, but AJ, again, is just... Arguably the best thing in wrestling right now, still. His promos are good. His character is great. His in-ring work, obviously, is better than anybody. Uh-huh. Um, Ambrose, I feel like, has stepped his game up a little bit more. Yeah. Like, we've said numerous times that he kind of, like, dipped after WrestleMania. It's kind of been up and down. His reign as champion, he, we, we both said he never felt like he was the champion. Mm-hmm. But I think he's been great in this, his anger trying to get it back. Um do you think there's any chance Dean gets the belt back, or you think Cena's the next one to get? No, it? I think it's Cena. I agree with that. I think it is as well. Because uh, like I had a well, I was. I just hope we say we still get the same pissed off Dean Ambrose because, like you said, that the the silliness Dean the silly Dean Ambrose it fit this it mm-hmm. fit this situation like even him on the cell phone when yeah. AJ, <laughs> yeah. AJ had him beat and you know, <laughs> sign an autograph and put a woman in the crowd that that all fit the situation because you have to because you you're not gonna count three for AJ right and 
even hit AJ, hit a dirty deal on AJ twice, that it fit the situation because you're mm-hmm. not. That's that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed <laughs> to embarrass. You're, when you're put in a position, you're supposed to embarrass the guy, and that's what Dean Ambrose did. So. I don't like you know I don't like silly silliness out of Dean Ambrose because mm-hmm. I think he's been great for the, ever since SummerSlam leading the backlash. Well, yeah. not, not not even SummerSlam like the backlash stuff mm-hmm. I didn't like, but leading into No Mercy from Backlash No Mercy, I feel he's been excellent on the mic. He's been he's a, he's got passion. He's act he's actually angry that he looked that he doesn't have the title. Well, so, he was great in the build to SummerSlam. Like his promo was yeah, yeah, great. Was, yeah, it was, the it match was, wasn't great. Yeah, but. it was the build of SummerSlam. Then after Backlash, oh, it was about low blows, mm-hmm. and then Backlash to No Mercy was fine. Yeah, that's, that's when he was at his best. But this situation, this was this was all kind of fun and games. But this was a good fun and games to get under the skin of AJ Styles. Right, which clearly worked. Uh, and one of my favorite highlights was. JBL saying about James Ellsworth, this is a Chinderella story. <laughs> because he's the man with no chin. <laughs> Another thing with Dean Ambrose is like, people love Dean Ambrose, but he's kind of been put in the same situation as Roman Reigns. They give him this silly material, mm-hmm. but he he makes the best of it, but it's not it's not always good, but right. people just, for whatever reason, go to, go to cater to him more than they do Roman Reigns. Yeah, I think it, a lot of what they make him do is beneath him. Yeah. Whereas last night, it was it was perfect. Yeah, like his, his character was perfectly suited to that. To be like the the referee who's just trying to make AJ lose, just try to get under his skin, and it worked perfectly. Uh, Miz and Dolph Ziggler in her Continental Championship versus career match. First things first, was this the first time someone ever put up their career for the Intercontinental Championship? The Aqua Matt, remember? Yeah, because I figured that as well. Um, we all had high hopes for this match. We all were invested in the, Well, I shouldn't say all of us, but we had high hopes for this story. Do you think that the match lived up to what we wanted? Yeah, this was this was my America. match of the night. So I think it lived up. To, I think it lived up to expectation because I, I I was invested into this match. We, we were watching behind, and I didn't want to look at my phone to see who yeah. won because, <laughs> like I said, I I, I, I there's a lot at stake. Yeah, I figured Dolph would win, but I told you I'll be sad if the Miz if the Miz lost. And you could tell after the Miz lost, he how sad he was. Yeah. And I love what Dolph did on SmackDown, just showing Miz's showing Miz's face. But I thought the match was great. Miz mocking Daniel Bryan throughout the match. That's 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 still constantly a thing, and the Miz trying to steal the win, like putting yeah. it in the ropes, and then. It was all then. You know, I was like shades of things that happened in the past. So Maurice with the mace, mm-hmm. it didn't work this time. Miz, um, hitting two skull crush finales, it didn't work this time. Mm-hmm. They kept putting over Dolph. He 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 can't doubt himself right here. JBL buried his stand-up comedian career. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he needs to find something better to do tomorrow because his stand-up isn't good. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I think Moro Ronaldo in the commentary did a great job selling everything, even the, the false finishes, because this is about somebody's career. Like, this was like a JR type performance out of Moro Ronaldo on on commentary. Yeah. And like I said, I'm just I, I was kind of sad that Miz won because I was like, oh, Miz lost. I was like, okay, what, what are we gonna do from here? And mm-hmm. we got those answers on SmackDown that this story's not over because how many times that we how many times we see the this is why. This is a thing for the Intercontinental, main thing for the Intercontinental, because how many times for the past four or five years have we seen, okay, the title changes hand, the person gets their rematch on the next show, and lose, and that story's over. Right. We're not getting that. We're getting a continuation to the story. Yeah, and I had this as my match of the night as well. I thought that the story build was great. I thought the emotion in it was great. Obviously, the stakes were as high as they could be with one guy having to retire if he lost. I thought it made the Intercontinental title mean a lot more. Like, the fact that winning the IC title saved his career, I thought, is a huge deal. 
How do you feel? I also liked the uh, the idea that they teased the finish of their previous match, similar to what they did with Sasha and Charlotte a couple weeks ago. Um, how do you feel about the the Spirit Squad being involved in the match? It made sense because Miz brought them out the week the week prior on SmackDown. I don't I don't like the Spirit Squad. I never did. They were horrible <laughs> then. They're worse now. I don't. It's like it made sense. It worked for the story, but I didn't care to see the Spirit Squad at all. Yeah, I my initial thought about it was that I hated it. Like, why do you even have to bring like these guys are a black eye on WWE as far as I'm concerned. But it makes sense if in the in the fact that like Dolph broke in with the Spirit Squad. Yeah. So if his career could in fact be done, it would make sense that they were the ones that end like helped end it. Like the way he came in is kind of the way he went mm-hmm. out with those guys. Um, but I like the super kick with no boot. Uh, And I liked that he came out. He opened SmackDown. Again, that puts the Intercontinental title in a premier spot. And I love that The Miz immediately came out. Like you said, very often somebody loses the title and then it's on to the next story. He's determined to get it back. They came out dressed in all black. That was awesome. Mourning the the loss of the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Mourning the death of the Intercontinental Championship. I thought that was great. Um... He said, this is the part of the movie where the hero rises. He called Ziggler, you're the Empire Strikes Back. Um, yeah, the video showing, you know, was Miz crying. I believe the fans started a You Were Crying chant. But I love what they did with Miz here, that he's, you know, I take this very seriously, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my championship back. So I'm actually excited to see it continue. I am too, because like I said, we don't get continuation to a story. Because like I said, it's like, okay, you win a title, you get your rematch on the next show, you lose, that's it, on to the next thing. And, and it, it goes on. Like, you hardly see these three, four-month-long feuds over the Intercontinental kind of those these matches and with important matches. Yeah. Now, now now it's a whole different <clears throat> story. It's a whole new, whole new dynamic, because now Miz, as the heel, is chasing the face of Dolph Ziggler, trying to regain his Intercontinental title. Yeah, so Ziggler ends up getting put in a handicap match with the two Spirit Squad members, which he wins. The Miz attacks him, hits a skull-crushing finale. He's saved by Rhino and Slater. Uh, For whatever reason. I'm praying. That we don't get a six-man tag? No, I'm praying we don't (laughs) get the Spirit Squad getting tagged in title shot. I hope not. But it's nice to see that Cena and Dykstra buried the hatchet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he threw the shovel away yeah, for once. They buried the hatchet on that um, one. And before we move on to the tag division, do you think that Dolph is now going to get a significant run with the Intercontinental title and they're going to try to rebuild him? Or do you think that ultimately it's Miz's title to win back? I would hope so because they label SmackDown as the, the land of opportunity and people for rejuvenate their careers. That's what it was when they first started the branch, but this could be a thing to rejuvenate people's careers. And Dolph Ziggler is one of those guys who needs career rejuvenation. And the Miz, he's been great all year for the, with the Intercontinental title. And I think that him and Dolph, their next match, that they probably will be the blow-off. But I think they could pull it off. Personally, because this is a whole new dynamic to the story. Yeah, I as much as I love seeing Miz with that belt, and I think he's good for that belt, I do think, you know, Ziggler is up there in years. He's not going to be around, you know, for another 10. He's somebody that still has a pretty significant amount of support from the fans, while a lot of people have kind of tuned out. Um, I do think that he could use, like, a new 
a whole new storyline. Like, a whole new start to his career. And I guess this is as good of a way to do it as any. Yeah, my thing is, after Miz, it's like, who's going to face? That's the, that's the thing, because it's like, every every time every week he'll be like, oh, SmackDown needs faces. Oh, no, they need yeah. heels. It's like, <laughs> then it's you can go either way. It's like, in the world title scene, they need faces. In the mid-card, they need heels. It's like, give or take. Yeah, you're, you're right, though. There there really is not anyone of note for him to, to be in a feud with. I have no idea who yeah. it would be. Um, so... On to the tell. Oh, Mauro Ronaldo, one of my favorite lines of the night, when uh, he said, oh, my God, he killed Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. I, I cracked up at that. And also, how about them doing the picture-in-picture during the commercial breaks of matches? Oh, yeah. They did that the first week. And, we and they didn't it do it again. Yeah. I hope that, that they decided, like, you know what, let's just do it. Yeah. Because you don't hear the commentary, but at least... I can be paying attention to what's going on in the match. Like that stuff with Ambrose teaching uh, Ellsworth how to do the arm drag and then him actually arm dragging AJ, we wouldn't have seen that yeah. If because it was during commercial break. So there is stuff that you will get to see that you wouldn't have gotten to see otherwise. Uh, Slater and Rhino went up against the Usos for the tag team, the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We universally thought the Usos were going to win. We thought it made the most sense. And, of course, Rhino and Slater held on to them. That was shocking. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> we looked at each other like, what the hell? <laughs> do you, why, why do you think Do you think there's any real reason why that happened? I have no clue because they haven't done anything. There's, there have been no character development following their win at Backlash for the tag team titles. It's like, okay, why are you just a champion? You've been building the Usos up for weeks. They turn heel. They've taken out every tag team and injured a member of the tag of each tag team. So I was like, okay, these guys must be the next the, the, um, the next best thing. They're your top heel tag team on SmackDown. They should be the tag team champions. But they didn't win. That was that was real shocking. Yeah, I was shocked. And then it made me feel like, well, why did you even do this with the Usos? Because on SmackDown, uh, Jay Uso and or Jimmy Uso ends up with a match in Uso. Chad Gable. <laughs> yeah, I believe it was Jimmy. So it looks like clearly they're moving ahead with that storyline between the Usos and American Alpha. But it, wouldn't it mean more if it was for American Alpha chasing the tag team championship? That's what I would think. I don't quite understand. And Rhino and Slater had no interaction with the Usos, so it's not like that carried over. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I don't know what, quite what they're doing. And there is no clear vision for what they're doing with the tag team championships now. No. Because, like you said, they, they did all this character development leading up to them winning them, and then just stopped yeah. as soon as they did. It was like, okay, they won, so that was good enough. And now they'll have matches every now and again. Like yeah. It's kind of what they did. Yeah, but the match at um, No Mercy was a pretty, pretty good match. They got, a lot, they got a nice amount of time. It, it was a really good match. I thought the Usos, we've talked a lot about how boring the Usos have been. Like, I actually enjoy watching them now yeah. because there's something totally different about them. Yeah, even Slater. It's like you never really see Heath Slater go in the ring because yeah. everything he does is a squash. And mm-hmm. in that match, I'm like, oh, wow. I never really seen Heath Slater actually go because yeah. everything he does has been a squash. Yeah, they had a really good tag match. And then I also liked, like I said, the Usos have been getting to another level as heels. I love the way that match finished with Gable. I don't know if I've ever even seen that with Jimmy or Jay Uso kind of holding the rope and putting his feet or leaning his weight onto Jimmy mm-hmm. to give him leverage for the pin. You don't see that all the time. No, I, I appreciated like that touch in that match. Um, I don't think anything else really happened with the tag teams. The, whole, they, the little thing with the hype bros and the ascension, which everybody's dying to see. Uh, 
literally dying. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess we could at least mention that the babyface four-man tag unit of American Alpha and the Hype Bros defeated the Ascension and the Vaudevillains on the pre-show. I didn't see it. Pretty sure you didn't see it. I doubt that you went back and made no. a point to watch it. No. Because there's really no reason. There's not. No. So what what do you think of the state of the tag division on SmackDown? It has potential, but like I said, why why are you having this? Why are you making a non-tag team sells toward your main, your most important story in tag division? It's like, oh, it's like I don't know if the Spirit, Spirit Squad is actually re-signed with, with 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 WWE or not. So it's like, okay, why are Rhino and Slater out helping Miz, I mean Ziggler against the Spirit Squad? Yeah, there was like never any mention of the three of them having any type of uh, interaction before. Yeah, and then the, the weeks prior, leading up to No Mercy, it's been all about the Usos. Uh-huh. It hasn't been by anybody else. Later around, you've seen them, what, twice for for, snip, for snippets, no more than 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, so moving on to the women. We were supposed to have an epic women's SmackDown championship match between Becky Lynch and Alexa Bliss. I was disappointed. It was disappointing that Becky Lynch was unable to make her title defense. Alexa Bliss comes out to cut a promo on Becky, saying that she's dodging her and things of that nature. And then, out of nowhere, she ends up in a match with Naomi, which, another surprise, Naomi wins. Can you make sense out of that? Nope. Because <laughs> it's not like this is going to lead to a meaningful feud. Well, they actually have a. Re- they're going to face each other next week on SmackDown. Which Alexa's going to win and get the win back, but it's like, I don't quite. I don't think so. Really? I don't think they'll probably throw Naomi there and make a triple threat. So you think they're about to do something with Naomi then? Well, throw her into the match to make it a triple threat. That's what I think. Because in times like that, it's like, okay, you went, if, if you, you're inserted into a match and you win. And then, you have, and then somebody's saying, okay, well, they can't beat me. So, so I think it should, they always want to begin starting to make a triple threat. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't like, mind it either. Because I think she's fun to watch. Uh, and she's been there a while. She's been close to the title picture for a while. Never quite got there. So I think it would be good for them to actually do that with her, finally. Um, now, Becky has the match, what, November 8th? Yes. In Scotland? Yeah. So what is that raw? Is that SmackDown? Um, I mean SmackDown. Yeah. So it's just a regular show. Yeah. It just happens to be in, in Scotland. Yeah, I have a home there. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> one one of your many residences. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, I thought their match was decent though yeah. on the pay per view, and Naomi then had a match. Who did Naomi have a match with on SmackDown last night? Uh, hmm. Was it Carmella? Yes, Carmella. So Naomi follows it up with yet another win, this time interference from Nikki Bella, who was getting retribution for what happened earlier in the day. I guess Carmella upset that Nikki Bella beat her on At No Mercy. So Carmella attacks Nikki backstage earlier in the day. Nikki comes out to get her revenge, costs her the match. Carmella runs away in fear. I still like what they're doing with Carmella. I do too. And now, do you think this thing with Nikki can keeps continuing? Yeah, did you see Talking Smack? <clears throat> I did. Um, Nikki Bella's promo, mm-hmm. and, and, um, because I know Brian. They were talking about how Brian mentioned and never having no DQ match. I think that'll be a thing because, but this will be and this will be a, this is this will probably end bot after that no DQ match because they build into that whole Survivor Series thing. Yeah. Do you feel like? Did you think Nikki and Carmella's match? Lived up to the way they built it up because that thing was what at least four weeks they yeah. were building that maybe more. 
Um, <clears throat> the match was fine. You know, like I said, Carmella's not. She's she's Carmella's good in the ring. She's Nikki Bell's good in the ring. They're not, but not, they're not the upper, the upper echelon of the women in the women's division. But the match was fine for what it was. They got a lot of time. They did. I don't remember how much it was exactly. Like I said, I didn't retain a lot, and I didn't get to go back. How about those jorts, Nikki's jorts? <laughs> I know. That was a surprise to see. My God, gorilla. They are probably the smallest jorts I've ever seen. I don't know if jorts come any smaller than that. They almost look like they're painted on. <laughs> but I guess you do you think this is a you know, a tribute to her boyfriend John Cena? What, did you hear about the dark match? No. On SmackDown, it was so funny. I just I just laughed so hard. <laughs> it was Nikki, Dolph, and Cena in a six magans, Corbin, um, Carmella, and I forgot the other one. In a, hmm. in a dark match on for dark match last night on SmackDown. Really? Yeah. I just laughed so hard. Do you hard. know who won? Yeah. John, John. The baby faces, yeah, baby I guess, are always going to win the dark yeah. match. That was kind of even a dumb question. Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing what Carmella and Nikki do. I like that they're putting Carmella in there with somebody on the level of Nikki, who, like I said, she's the most mainstream-wise, she's the most famous yeah. and the biggest star out of anybody on the roster. Yeah, she's been a, she's been a great heel too. No, she really has been. Like she's come a long way, and if she can really get over as a heel, like. She'll probably be over the rest of her career. Yeah. Because it typically is what happens. It's unfortunate that they didn't do that with Roman. Because Well, you know what? I guess it's not. Because he's, he's getting to the point now where he's getting cheered and booed. Where the people who like him love him. And the people who don't like him hate him. And that's kind of what you want. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but we just talked about this before we started the show. Mm-hmm. They love Roman was the most over God in the shield. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, they just, start, they just turn on him. Well, because they saw him as like, oh, well, they're just going to give him everything now. Yeah. They looked at him like, oh, he's the new Cena, and people just don't like that. You gotta make Roman look good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Punk. Punk allowed him to look strong. Um, women's dude, we didn't see Natty. No. Uh, we haven't seen her in a little bit, actually. I guess it's been a full week. It's been a couple weeks. Um yeah, I'm happy with where they're at. Hopefully, Becky. Now, is that Becky's first night back? That I'm not sure. Show, that, that's the first television. Okay. Appearance. Yeah, that was disappointing because that was one of the things I was really looking forward to was seeing that match, and I think those two are gonna have a great match when they finally get to actually have it. Yeah, Alexa's promo was awesome backstage. Oh, it was great. She, um, she really has developed like the perfect character for herself. Yeah, she's like, I was ready for a women's title match, not a rave. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> It was. Uh, luckily, Naomi stopped giving out the glow sticks in the backpack yeah. after the first time she did it. But it was a great line, nonetheless. I also like that Naomi seems to have different ring gear for every match now. Yeah. Like, she, she's not wearing the same thing two times in a row. It's kind of like Sasha always has something new. Yeah, well, for her for her entrance, you have to because it all, it all has glow effect. So she mm-hmm. has to switch it up. Yeah. And she'll always have like a new dance routine. Yeah, I think that's good for her to be putting in that type of effort on just the entire presentation that she's doing. And they actually said that Naomi is on a roll last night. So that may lend some uh, some credibility to what she said about they're, they're actually going to do something with her now. Not that she was just thrown in there as a fill-in. Um, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Yeah. So there was some speculation that maybe we would get an appearance by Sister Abigail. I don't know if that was legitimate speculation or that was just solely me speculating that. Um, but I thought it might happen. I think it was clear that if Bray won, it was going to be something that helped him win. 
I thought it was a little anticlimactic, but I was happy to see Luke Harper back. Yeah. And we actually got to see him in a match already, but I think I picked Bray, like I said, solely out of the hope that he would win because he needs it. Yeah. But we all kind of assumed Randy would win. Are you at least are you surprised that they had Bray win? No, I'm not. Th- this is the thing. When it comes to Bray Wyatt, it's like okay, he should win. You, 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 you need to build characters. He should win, but history shown that he's not going to win. How many times have we said he should have won, and but didn't win? Like for example, Fastlane. Yeah. Why family lost to Ryberg, Kane, and the Big Show? Mm-hmm. For what? Yeah, for nothing. <laughs> it's like it made no sense. It's like every time. They, they, they take the ball from this guy. It's like he should win, but he never does win. Um, so Bray gets the win. Luke Harper comes back. The next night on SmackDown, this match was just okay, by the way. Yeah. Nothing special about it. I guess two guys that really aren't going to blow you away with their work in the ring. Yeah, because like, like I said, it's like, this is the thing with Bray Wyatt. It's like, okay, I like the finish because... Well, not even the finish. Even when it, backstage before the match with the Orton's face mm-hmm. going disfigured. I was like, okay, this kind of explains what's been going on. Because you mentioned last week that maybe this is actually Randy, um, Bray Wyatt playing mind games with Randy right. Orton. And he's, that's actually his character, mm-hmm. playing mind games and be bizarre. And that, and <clears throat> it followed through on at No Mercy and on SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah, I did like that when you saw that in the mirror. His face looked disfigured or whatever, whatever the case was. We still have no idea what it was. Yeah. Or why Luke Harper would have anything to do with that. I don't know if we'll ever get an explanation as to what it is. But his right-hand man has returned. He gets the win with his finisher. The next night they have a tag match. Kane's still involved in this storyline. Randy Orton and Kane against Bray and Luke Harper. Right as Randy's going for the tag to Kane, the lights go out. The lights come back on, and Luke Harper is standing there holding his hand out to Randy Orton where Kane was standing. Kane disappears. So are we going to get Glenn Jacob Wyatt? (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I wouldn't hate that if that happened. I'd rather see that than see the big red machine keep coming out. Could get Kane in red overall. (laughs) I love that. I would love it too. I uh, hopefully they're listening to the show tonight and they follow through on that because that actually would be entertaining. And Bray Wyatt could always use another member of his family since one of them's on Raw and one of them is out injured for another four or five months. Um, they made a big. They're they're kind of. This is one of those situations where I feel like WWE does itself a disservice by like straddling the fence, like you're you're insinuating some type of supernatural things with the Wyatt family. But then you're never saying what it is, and it's never really it's never really being pushed to its limit. It's like, we'll, do, we'll kind of give you a little bit of it, but it won't be that big of a deal. Whereas they could just totally embrace that there's something supernatural going on. I feel like if you're going to do it, do it all the way, or don't do it at all. Because he could get by with just being a cult leader yeah. that you know, can get into your head. That That's good enough. Yeah. But they're putting these little supernatural things in there that are, they almost never pay off. Like, how did Bray Wyatt, I know the lights went out and there was like a real life explanation. He probably just walked over there. But the lights go out, he comes back, Kane has disappeared. Where did Kane go? <laughs> we know he likes to hide under the ring sometimes. Yeah. I, I just feel like why, if you're going to do it, like really do it. I don't know if we'll ever see who Sister Abigail is. But I would like to. 
and I would like to kind of get to the bottom of what it is that's actually going on with Bray Wyatt. Uh, but he came out on top two nights in a row, which I don't know the last time. I think he, he matched his win, to- win total for the year yeah, in two, in in two, two nights. back-to-back nights. <laughs> um, but they came out and closed talking smack. Did you see that? No, I didn't no? watch that. So Daniel Bryan mentioned to James Ellsworth, we're going to give you the world title shot. Renee Young kind of put James Ellsworth over. She's like, that's great. I'm happy for you. Anything that gives me more James Ellsworth in WWE, I'm all for it. And Daniel Bryan says, all right, well, me and James have to go talk to Shane now. And they just got up and left. As soon as they walked out, goes black. You know, the Wyatt thing pops on the screen. Lights come back on, and Bray and Luke Harper are sitting at the table next to Renee Young. And Bray tells her to leave. (laughs) And he says, you know, talking, talking. Everyone does all this talking. And basically they say this is a new day for SmackDown. Like, this is all ours for the taking. I have my brother back. You know, we're here to take over. And Luke Harper says the same thing. Like, he said they do talk too much, but at least they were talking about me at some point during the show because Renee Young mentioned Luke Harper's return. So maybe, as you're saying, they're going to they're gonna run with Naomi a little bit. Maybe they're finally ready to run with Bray and Luke Harper. Well, And hopefully it's not another false start. Well... Somebody give Luke Harper a mic. Because <laughs> he's he, great. <laughs> he said very little. I'm like, that he's, he's got it. <laughs> he has it. <laughs> give that guy a mic. Because in my opinion, he's a better Bray Wyatt than Bray Wyatt. <laughs> he is really good. It should be the Harper family. It really should. Well, I'm sure someday that'll happen. I mean, not, maybe not the family, but I'm sure he'll get his, uh, Bray will get his comeuppance from Harper at some point. Down the line, yeah, because even in his brief promo, he's he's back um, in the ring. He said something about light. He said the light shining brighter than ever, ever yeah. before. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is a step in the right direction. Because for the first time in a long time, Bray Wyatt they booked him to his character, mm-hmm. and then like I said, he's equal his win total all year in two nights. Uh, yeah, he said something along the lines of like, "This world put me to sleep, but now I'm wide awake. Now I see the light more than ever." However, he said it. Um, so, when Bray is booked this way to at least win his matches, I'm curious because I know you have been critical of his in-ring work. Whereas for me, his in-ring work is the, the last thing on my list of reasons why I like him. I like him because of his ability to speak. I like the potential of the character. And I like that he has such a different look, different way of carrying himself. And they can tell such different stories with him than they can with anybody else. So, and I say this all the time, like, not everybody needs to be, you know, Sami Zayn or Seth Rollins or whatever. We say this about Roman all the time. People don't like him because he's not, like, the high-flying, smaller guys. Bray Wyatt's a little bit bigger of a guy, but he does all these other things that kind of makes his in-ring work not quite as important. But, like, would you get behind Bray Wyatt if he continues to be booked this way? Yeah, because... So you, find, you found him entertaining these last two, yeah, cause or at the, least on SmackDown. This is the thing with Bray Wyatt. He's horrible. I'll give him that. <laughs> <laughs> he's a horrible wrestler. But, uh, but when I was waiting for WW2K17, I met a... I, met a, I, met, I can't, remember, I can't remember, name, remember his name, but I met this guy. He has a podcast called A Totally Over Podcast, mm-hmm. and he was talking about Bray's ring, in-ring psychology. Like, Bray has that. Yeah. Because there's plenty of matches. Well, he doesn't have plenty of matches anymore. <laughs> but when he first came in, his psychology was great because like, I'll go back to his stuff with Daniel Bryan and John Cena, because that's when he was he was pretty yeah. new. So, 
and those matches told stories. Like even in the cage, when he had seen it in the cage, when um that told a story with the kid outside the ring, mm -hmm. he's like, he had the whole world in my hands. That told a story. And this, like I said, this is pro wrestling, so it's different. You can get away with a great character and not be, and that could cover up for your in ring work. For example, we love Enzo. Yeah. <laughs> And Enzo, I, I do believe Bray is better than Enzo. Yes, I do. That. Because even though Brax is sack of potatoes, and, yeah. and Enzo is up there, he's a, he's up there himself. Yeah, he's in the same category. But that, but entertain an entertaining entertaining quality can overcompensate for for what you lack. Yeah, and. It's over Bray Wyatt. It's stop and go, stop and go. People love him because he's because they love the character. The casual fan, they don't know about in ring work or anything like that. They're looking at the character. Right. And it's like, oh, I like that guy. He's different. For example, I always love Triple H because he always had the best entrance. Yeah. So that drew me to him. So yeah. people always love Bray Wyatt. They want to cheer Bray Wyatt all the time. That's everywhere you go, they they cheer Bray Wyatt. They always say, Where's Bray Wyatt? We were at SummerSlam. They were saying, Where's Bray Wyatt? I'm like, I don't like Bray Wyatt, but I understand why you do like Bray Wyatt. People want to cheer this guy. I personally think you want to take advantage of him, turn him face, because they want to cheer him and then and then he only does three things. He just throws himself on you, mm -hmm. so people so you let you can actually take advantage of the three things he could do mm -hmm. and get a pop out the crowd. So, yeah. So you mentioned something that this is something I was actually kind of pissed about. For a while, and then I sort of kind of started to check out because they were never doing anything with him anyway. But you mentioned the story with Cena, with the, the kids wearing the sheet mask, like he was really playing up that I've got the whole world in my hands. And they were trying to tell the story of like that Bray Wyatt was actually winning over like the hearts yeah. and minds of people. And it was like rocking John Cena's world. They're like, no, they're supposed to love me, not like you're like you're gonna poison all these people. And but the fans actually, you know, they're shining their phones, the the fireflies, and people cheered when he eyed up the belt from Triple H. Yeah. Like why? I, I it makes me crazy that like they could really be playing that up. That like the the announce crew could be talking about how sick this guy is, how twisted he is, but he's winning people over. They don't have to even put him over as a face, but it could be like this story where, yeah, he is evil, but people are following him. And that could be a very interesting story, and they just don't do it because he does mostly get cheered, and people do like that entrance. People do join in. People do hold up the the flashlight on their phone and sway it back and forth during his entrance. I don't understand why they don't why they haven't played to that yet. Maybe they don't know how. I don't know, but I feel like they they could have really taken advantage of it, and they just didn't. That's like with Bray Wyatt. It's like stop and go. It's like it's like after he's done one thing, it's like what does he want to do now? Yeah, it's like. The stuff with Daniel Bryan and John Cena, that was an ongoing thing. And that was to his character. And ever since that, ever since ever since that 2014, he hasn't played to his character. For example, his stuff with Roman, we didn't know what it was about because it, it kept changing every yeah. time. It was about money, it was about his daughter, it was about money in the bank, and then after that it just became redundant. It was like, yeah. okay, I don't want to see this anymore. It was just never you, Roman. Yeah, and, no, they, that was yeah. It. and then he goes away. And, he's, and he pops up, he pops up, he'll do something, he'll lose, then he'll go away again. Do you think they're ready to pull the trigger on him? I don't know, but they SmackDown, they need characters. You want people want to cheer this guy. Make him important. Because like I said, all you gotta do is make him win. We'll get to somebody who you hate when we get to yeah. Raw. <laughs> he, people love him. The ca yeah. a casual fan love him. The casual people casual fans, they already love Bray Wyatt, and you can get them invested into Bray Wyatt, just make him look credible. Yeah, the last thing I'll say in regards to Bray Wyatt, we mentioned it a couple times on the show already tonight. That SmackDown is being built as the land of opportunity. 
Daniel Bryan even said it at one point last night. I think they mentioned something about Goldberg. I don't remember if this was on the show or if this was on Talking Smack afterwards. And he said, they asked him if he would be interested in bringing back a star like Goldberg. And he said, uh, I don't know, like, what about like a younger star? Like a younger up-and-coming star? And it sounds to me like that is what they want their brand to be. It's like, we're building this next generation of people on this show. And JR has said before, like, he won't judge the brand split until WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. He says that'll be ample time to see like where both shows have gone creatively, what they've booked for the biggest show, what characters have been developed. And maybe it, it's possible that SmackDown now, whatever it is, two months, two and a half months into this thing, maybe hitting its stride and figuring out what they want to do with their show. Yeah, because that's, that's my hope. Yeah, because that's what I mentioned SmackDown would be. SmackDown's going to have the, your John yeah, you Cena said that from and, the and beginning. Randy Orton, and no one's going to have the up-and-coming guys to get these guys over for eventually get them on Raw. Yeah. That's that's what SmackDown is going to be, but SmackDown, they handle their talent way better than Raw. Mm-hmm. Even though even though you don't care about, you, even though Raw has a better talent, SmackDown's a better job with actually using their talent. Like, for example, like, WrestleMania time. I don't know what's, I don't know Who's going to be the face of NXT? But I think Nakamura is going to face Cena. That's just me. Mm-hmm. And I think the perfect place to put Nakamura, since he's since he's from since he's from Japan, is SmackDown first because you could make him a top guy on SmackDown, build him up <clears throat> over the course of over the course of a long run, and then put him on Raw because I don't think he'll be ready for Raw. Right. It's a whole different yeah beast, and I don't trust that they'll use him right on yeah. Raw. <laughs> like I trust that he will just be. Part of just a series of things that happens on Raw, not like yeah. actual stories. Uh, we had Corbin and Swagger. I thought this should have just been an easy squash match for Corbin. It wasn't. wasn't worth the six or seven minutes, though, that it took, mm-hmm. I didn't think. Now they have a rematch on SmackDown next week as well. Why? I don't know. <laughs> um, that's really all I had to say about that. Did you have anything else to add? No. Do you, do you want to tell either one of them to do better? No, SmackDown's okay. <laughs> uh, Kurt Hawkins had a promo, I guess, on the pre-show. He hasn't seen you yet. <laughs> uh, the last thing I'll say about No Mercy, it was two hours and 40 minutes. That's perfect. Yes. It's longer than the SmackDown show, but it's not too long. It's not going to lose my interest in that amount of time. Um, so Raw could learn a little something from that. And as far as SmackDown, Daniel Bryan and Shane mentioned the 30th Anniversary of Survivor Series this year, which is pretty cool. I felt, is it? yeah, I felt super oh, old. Okay, no, okay, because mm-hmm. last year was twenty fifth. I'm gonna take it. Okay, yeah, thirty years of Survivor Series. It's crazy, and they challenged Raw to a, a few different matches: a traditional five on five elimination match, a five on five tag elimination match, or a five tag team elimination match, and a five on five women's elimination match. Do all three of those happen, or no? On a Survivor Series? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm glad it's happened because... We like, haven't had it. <laughs> no, because in two, uh, Survivor Series 05, they did that. But any other year, they would like have a couple of Raw guys, a couple of SmackDown guys, and an ECW guy. Yeah. Facing another, face another team. But, right. this, but this is where you would do you, you need to do it because Survivor Series is horrible. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been good in years. And then in the original... Well, what year is this? Probably 2009, 2008, whatever. They brought in bragging rights. Which was horrible, <laughs> and they would do and they would do this a month before Survivor Series. When you have Survivor Series next month, where you should be having these matches at Survivor Series, right? Which would which make no sense. So we're all we're on board that these are the type of matches. They yeah, be doing. I mean, this is the place for it. Yeah, I'm excited for this because like five on 
Survivor Series Elimination Women's Match mm-hmm. with the women talent they yeah, have. It'll be that's, awesome. That's gonna be great. The tag team's gonna be a cluster, so I'm not. I don't, yeah. I don't care about that. But but the um the five on five with, with the with the male superstars that that'll probably be great. I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how that goes. I hope they don't do the stupid trophy at the end. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested in seeing it. I am too, and I love that when they cut back to the commentator crew. JBL says, says, ah, we'll beat up, bro. I may beat up Byron Saxton. I love that. That he was he wants to beat up take the opportunity to beat up Byron Saxton. Did you see them on Ride Along? I saw like a little bit okay. of it. Not a, not enough. B- B- oh god. They they just He's even Byron. cooler on They hate Byron so much. <laughs> uh well, that's because they hadn't been exposed to David Otunga yet. <laughs> well, at least David Otunga doesn't live at home with his parents. True. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else from SmackDown you wanted to mention, or you think we got everything we needed to get? We got everything. So, moving on to Raw, the the longest, they call it the longest running episodic television, it's just the longest running <laughs> weekly episode of TV anywhere in the world. It's the longest TV. Yes, it is too long. Uh, it's really taken its toll with all the extra pay-per-views and having to actually watch SmackDown every week. It's actually making Raw a lot less enjoyable for me. Well, I actually enjoyed Raw this week. Maybe because I was off. Well, this was a better this was a better week okay. than recent weeks, but it's still just so long. Like there again, I was checking. Like, oh, it's still, <laughs> oh, still two hours and five minutes left. This is unbelievable. Oh, still, still an hour and thirty-five minutes left. This is crazy that this is this long. But got to give Foley credit for his flannel suit. <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, I enjoyed Stephanie getting the cheap pop out with Mick Foley. They made the women's Hell in a Cell match official, which we were speculating about it last week. I liked the way they built to it, though. I thought Sasha came out. You know, she mentioned Eddie Guerrero, how she wanted to be just like him. Little girls now want to be like me and I love that she she challenged Sasha or she challenged Charlotte to a Hell in a Cell match Charlotte comes out to she did accept the challenge initially right she said you want it you got it basically after Ruru came out yes Rusev came out for whatever reason Nobody cares about your stupid women's match. <laughs> your revolution. <laughs> your stupid revolution. Yeah. Uh, came out looking like Wolverine oh with the God. new beard. With the very limited mustache. Oh Interesting look for him. It is. Uh, yeah, he got in the middle of it. Did you like that the women ended up knocking him out of the ring? Go finish because that make he they make him they make Russo look, look horrible because he he can't get run up on Roman Reigns and now he's getting jumped by women. Yeah, he got made a fool of by Charlotte and Sasha. Um, yeah, I I feel like there was just no need to do that really. I don't know if they just wanted to get Roman out there with Sasha in the mixed tag match to to know for sure like it won't just be a shower of booze on him and his team when he goes out, but. I thought it was cool to see Sasha and Roman together. Uh, we hadn't seen it before. Yeah, I, I like mixed tag matches like that. Yeah, and Charlotte... I love that Charlotte was kind of like, you know, obviously disgusted still with Rusev. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she's disgusted with Lana. I like how Lana went back went, um, went up to her backstage. I'm not the jealous type. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I like that Lana is getting back to being Lana quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's talk, getting to talk more. She's getting to be, be a more part of the story. Um, I still am nervous about this Hell in a Cell match. I, I am too. Like I said last week, like I'm worried that they're going to just try so hard to steal the show that somebody might get hurt. This is the first time they're doing one of these. I don't know how many what type of risks they're going to take. Going to take. I hope it doesn't end up on the top of the cage. I don't see that happening in the first women's Hell in a Cell. But I think both of them deserve it. Like they deserve this opportunity to do the first one. So somewhere on Twitter, somebody said it should have been Sasha and Bailey for the first one. But I almost don't see a Hell in a Cell suited to Bailey's character. No. Like, I just don't think it works. And it is suited to Charlotte's character. Yeah. Like, I could see Sasha bumping in this match like we've never seen her do before, which yeah. that's, I think, what has me nervous. <laughs> like, she was, I feel like she may go a little too far. Yeah, you won't be there in person to be a wet blanket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I personally ruined SummerSlam because I was so upset about that match. Yeah, I was a wet blanket. I will not deny that. And if we're being honest, was did I call myself a wet blanket? Yeah, you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So very self-aware about being a wet blanket. At, at least there you, was you admitted that. it to the media. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been a wet blanket because Ron was on his phone the whole time. <laughs> oh, after that match, yeah, I definitely was. Because I wanted, to, I just wanted to know, like, is there a real injury? Is she really hurt? Is it a storyline? And we really didn't get any comment. And then we started getting the rumors that she was getting suspended for failing the WWE wellness policy, which wasn't true. Um. So Roman and Sasha up against Rusev and Charlotte. The baby faces win. I I like the finish of this match. Mm-hmm. Now, I liked her hitting the bank mm-hmm. statement. I loved Roman hitting the spear to keep it from being broken up. I thought that was a great touch at the end of the match. Um. When is Hell in a Cell? What do you know? What the October date is? 30th. October thirtieth. So we still have. Almost three weeks. Two and a half weeks we still have. How much more can they really do to build up this women's match for that show? I'm not sure, but I had a problem with Ruru interrupting a promo because this this was a monumental... This could have been a monumental promo because this is... the Like, Sasha felt rushed. Charlotte didn't really get a chance to talk. This is the first time you're having a Hell in a Cell match for the women. So this is like a spectacle. So I mm-hmm. think I think those two should have went at it on the mic because they're both excellent on the mic, Charlotte. And that's what the story is. Exactly. <laughs> it's it's nothing just, to do with Rusev. Exactly. It's just you two. But this but Vince is like Roman. Go, go, go. Roman with Sasha. Go, yeah. go. How we get Roman in the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and an intertwined feud that didn't need to be intertwined. I understand they're both inside the cell, but you don't have to do that all the time. Let them be us out there by themselves. I love when such women open the show because it makes them feel important. Let them go out there and cut a promo because when this we, when this is chopped up to, to be chopped up for the future, yeah, this won't be no. It's not going to be much of a promo to put in that video package. So basically, they are left with some more to do. Yeah, up yeah. So they have so they ruined it this week because this should have been your most important thing for the show. This should be your, this should be your number one on your agenda. So. You have to build this up, and like like before, Hollis, uh, they need to have a a heated promo because this should it should have been here. It's like okay, Sasha, it should be like Charlotte. Okay, you know what? This is going to end October thirtieth. 
inside Hell in a Cell. That's what should have happened, but it didn't. Sasha changed the challenge. Charlotte comes out. Ruru interferes. What I do think, though, is they shouldn't touch again until the pay-per-view. Yeah. It should be just promos. Yeah. I want the I want a contract signed. If I don't have the stamp, I'm going to catch. I don't think they'll take the stamp away from her. I, I, I think she'll not. do that on her own. I hope not. I mean, I'm pretty sure she did that on her own in NXT. I guess, have we seen it on Raw? She hasn't had a contract signed. Okay. I guess she hasn't. Um, yeah, if they, they should not do a contract signing for her without the stamp. So... I do think this storyline obviously is in great shape because they're both great. It's been going on for quite some time. We're avid NXT watchers, so we saw a lot of it, you know, two two years ago when they were battling it out for the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah, and they could make this. They could dig through that NXT stuff and and show the history for these women because right. after what SmackDown did, making the world title match, the, the well, the so-called world title match main event, the yeah. first match. I can see Raw saying, okay, Spanky, you want, you want to shake it up a little bit? Sasha, Charlotte, main event. Because so, Hell in a Cell is in Boston. Mm-hmm. That's Sasha's hometown. I think this is going to be my main event to show. So we actually were theorizing that Sasha would win the title at some show in Boston last year. At, at the TLC. beginning of the year. It was TLC? Yeah. Okay. I remember there was one up there. Um, so it does, I would like this for two reasons. One... I think it would be a big deal if they made it the main event. Um, two, well, I guess it's three reasons. Two, I think both of these, if they're going to do it, both of these two deserve it. They're, it's the most compelling story they have on Raw right now. In the, in the company. Yeah. Uh, three, I predicted in my TJR Wrestling Predictions for the Year column uh, for New Year's that Sasha Banks would main event a pay-per-view in 2016. It was my boldest prediction out of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I think I projected that they would rename the women, the Divas title the women's title after WrestleMania. Which, I was kind of right, because they did it around WrestleMania. But they did it WrestleMania day. Yeah, they did it that day. I said it would be the night after. Oh. I projected that Close Sasha enough. would win at WrestleMania, and they would rename it the women's title the next night. But they did at least win and rename it the women's title. But I also projected at some point during the year, Sasha Banks would main event a pay-per-view. So I would love to, to end up getting that one right because I'm pretty sure I'm the only one who I think went out on that one. <laughs> this this Hell in a Cell, it's a B level pay per view. I hate using that term, but it no, is, you're, you're right. Though. It, it is what it is. So this is a chance to to put up to put because you're gonna have three Hell in a Cell matches. You could throw because even the last time they had three Hell in a Cell matches in 2009, the World Title match was in the main event. It was DX versus Legacy. That was the main event. You have every. Every card on the table to make this the main event. SmackDown mm-hmm. did something big, you do something big. This is your only legit blood feud, other than Ambrose Ziggler in the company. Yeah. People are invested in these women. You got you guys love Charlotte. They love they hold Charlotte to a high regard and they mm-hmm. hold Sasha to a high regard in Sasha's hometown. Put them in the main event. Let them tear the showdown. I'm terrified to see what this match is going to look like. Now, are you more so saying you think it should be the main event, or are you more so thinking they actually will do it? They will do it. Cause after Smack, like after SmackDown, because that's my first thing. I was like, hmm, that's odd that SmackDown would do do something like just to throw something out there like that. Yeah. So I could see I could see them saying Charlotte Sasha main event because SmackDown, SmackDown did something different. Well, I can't roll do something different, and that would get so much buzz. It would. I mean, I really hope that happens. I, I think it would be great because you had every card on the table. It's in Sasha's hometown. It's a it, it's a B it's a B level pay per view. It's important. 
and yeah. you, you can you, you you can afford to do it at Hell in a Cell. It's not like it's WrestleMania. It's not SummerSlam. You it's, it's not the Rumble. You could do it at Hell in a Cell. No, I I think you're absolutely right. I'm, I'm leaning more towards I hope they do it than I think they'll do it because I right now I'm not believing they will. But they have if ever there's a reason to do it, like these are the reasons to do it right now. Mm-hmm. Um. So now with the U.S. title, I don't think there's a whole lot really else to talk about. They didn't move that story forward at all. No, because Roman didn't talk. R- Rusev, Wanya Rusev, awesome, but he didn't he didn't need to be mm-hmm. there. He looks horrible, more horrible than before, because he gets <laughs> beat up by women now, and then he, Roman just knocks knocks him out again. Mm-hmm. I don't care about this. Yeah, I really don't either. Uh, last thing about the women, Bailey has another enhancement match this time against Cami Fields. It was in Bailey's hometown, so I guess they needed to give her a win on the show. I was happy to see her get to wrestle on Raw, close to home. Um, although it wasn't really a squash match, I feel like Bailey didn't really get a whole yeah. lot of offense in. <laughs> she just kind of hit her with the belly to belly at the end, and then she got attacked by Dana Brooke. So will that be a match at Hell in a Cell? Yeah. Pre-show or main show? Um, probably the main show. I I think so too. Um, One more thing. Mm-hmm. I can I, I can see it now. Uh huh. Hell in a Cell is going on. Whatever. Somebody comes out. That's gotta be Nia Jax. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I would love that if they did that. She's gonna rip the door off the hinges. <laughs> <laughs> that would be incredible if they did that. Cause she hasn't been she hasn't no. been on TV and she said a tweet. So oh, so I see the women's division is only three people now. Yeah. I can see her doing something like that. That would be that would be pretty crazy if they did that. Now, who does she help? Charlotte. I I don't know if it'd be after the match or what. Because Sasha versus Nia Jax, that'll be a whole whole new dynamic. So is another thing you're predicting will happen, or yes. you just think it'd be a good thing that they could do? Because you got to do something new. After Charlotte, it's like okay, and you want to yeah, keep they Sasha, can't keep going after. Yeah, you want to keep Sasha there. and Bailey far away from each other because you got then you, then you have this Survivor Series elimination match coming. Right. It's uh, a good point, actually. I'm glad that you that you did chime in with that. Before we moved on to the Universal Championship, Kevin Owens, the longest reigning Universal Champion in WWE history, he is also going to be in a Hell in a Cell match with Seth Rollins at Hell in a Cell. So there will be three on this show. I think that's one too many. I don't think they needed to do this in a Hell in a Cell, um, but they are. I loved that. Owens was pissed about getting put in the cell, and he told Foley, I don't want to be like you. Yeah. Like, I want to actually have a long I, career. I want to be a washed-up GM. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I loved when Jericho started getting mad at Foley, and he was holding the clipboard, he had the pen, uh-huh. and Owens is just looking at him and go, do it, Chris, do it. <laughs> you just made the list! <laughs> Seth wants his revenge. Um... Jericho said, I'd like to see that stupid idiot try it. (laughs) (laughs) Steph put Y2J in the main event, and if he beats Seth, it is now a triple threat match for the title. Did you notice that... I think think Stephanie said, you didn't put me on the list, did you? Yeah, and And then after she said, if you win, you'll be in the time match, you just didn't cross it off. (laughs) (laughs) It was great. (laughs) And and Owens was looking at it. He's like, are you crossing... Yeah, he was like, not happy that he was crossing (laughs) her name off the list. And then backstage, she was like, I wasn't going to put you on the list, but I don't know how to spell Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I loved in Seth's interview that he asked, you know, will Jericho be Kevin Owens' best friend if he does get in this match? You know, he's going to prove that he's the man. Um, 
I did also like that. First of all, they had a great interview with Tom Phillips, as always. <laughs> like I, I feel like we should. It should be mandatory that we get a Tom Phillips with Jericho <laughs> and Owens segment every week on Raw because it's always great. He's Tom Phillips is Michael Cole is, is, the, is, the, is <laughs> He's the Michael, new Michael Cole, Cole. <laughs> and, and Jericho and Owens a DX. Yeah. Um, what did he? What did he put Tom Phillips' name down as on the list? He put him on the list. I forgot. Because he, he changes stupid. his name every week. F- Felipe Tommaso, <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> um, I and Jericho saying, "If one of us is Universal Champion, both of us are the Universal Champion." Yeah, and I they, thought it was gold. Yeah, and they, and they addressed that. Um, why Owens left Jericho, which, yeah. which was good. I'm glad they addressed that because like, one of us has one of us has to stay fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of us has to stay healthy. One of us has to be fresh. Um, Steph and Jericho backstage. I love that Stephanie said, I have the same scarf. <laughs> and he, of course, said, I think that's big in Luxembourg this time of year, but I think it looks a little better on me. Um, I I really was hoping that Jericho would end up winning that match with Seth. I don't know if I thought he would, but I wanted him to because I wanted him to be in the title match. I had mixed feelings about that. That was a real good match, too, by the way. It was a good match. I mean, Jericho is still great. Yeah. Seth, obviously, every match he, he puts on is going to be awesome. Um, so what were the mixed feelings? Like, you weren't sure if you wanted him in the in the match? Yeah, because it's... No, I'm more about the finish because this hasn't really been about Owens and Rollins. This has been about Owens and Jericho, mm-hmm. mostly. Rollins is still involved, but he's like kind of been like... In the, an afterthought yeah. in a situation. So so my thought was, like, after Stephanie said it, I'm like, okay. Well, Owens cost Jericho the match so he doesn't have to defend it in triple threat. Because that cause, cause even Rollins said, and if Jericho wins, he's not just a be- he's not your best friend anymore. He's a challenger. So I was like, hmm. Mathematically speaking, because if, if Jericho won, that's... That, he has lesser odds of retaining yeah. his title, and, and and even last week Jericho was mentioned. Just now, now, like I'm challenging for your title, and Owens like, yeah, we can challenge for tag team title. Yeah, like he wanted no parts of having to having a challenge to his title. <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, I was, I was like, okay. Then Owens actually tried to help Jericho win the match. I was like, hmm, that's odd. Maybe he thinks that maybe he'll have his best friend there that he'll help him he'll help him win the match. But I was like. I was kind of torn. I was like, okay, that makes sense too. But like, wouldn't you wouldn't you not want to be in a triple threat match? And then he yeah. left him. And then he left him again in the middle of the ring. Mm-hmm. So that that happens again. But they explained it. I don't know how Jericho will take it again this week, next week. But Jericho's going to be involved in this somehow, some way. So we're not sure how yet, but he'll have he'll play a part. Yeah. In this whole thing, I'm glad that you mentioned Seth being kind of just the other guy yeah. in this thing. When do you think Seth will start getting? He was their first pick. He's the future, the architect, all this stuff. When do you think he'll be back in that spot where he's what the story's about? Joel Laugh will appreciate this. <laughs> we're never triple H for two. <laughs> because that, they think we forgot. That was yeah. so long ago. No one mentions it anymore. Yep. Yeah, they didn't pay it off. It's like, why Why did they bother? That's yeah, kind of how I yeah, feel. Yeah, they're saying Stephanie was, was behind it, but... Not really, because all she did was kiss her husband. Yeah. Um. Now, the, uh, see, this is a question I want to ask you, because I know you're big on giving credit where it's due and not giving credit where it's not. I'm enjoying this story, 
But I don't know if they're actually building this match well or if I'm just enjoying it because I think Jericho and Owens are so entertaining. What do you, do you do you feel like they're building this well or do you think we just find them so entertaining so we're enjoying it? We find them entertaining. So you don't think they're doing a great job building this match? They're building the they're not building the match. It's like they're building some between Owens and Jericho because o- o- Jericho's involved in the story because he, he helped he helped Owens retain the title at Clash of Champions. So he's somewhat involved, but it hasn't been like Seth Rollins saying, "I'll take you both on," or whatever. But they had last week. They said, "Oh, Jericho actually made a cha- made, mentioned the Universal Title." And it was like, "Okay, we can go for the tag titles." Yeah. So it's like Jericho is involved in the story somehow, some way. We got what two more Raws. Mm-hmm. To go before Hell in a Cell, he's going to be involved somehow, some way. But there hasn't been much going on between Owens and Rollins. No, there really hasn't been. It seems like most of what Seth is doing is like backstage by himself. Yeah, and it's different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> it can be entertaining and funny, mm-hmm. and we can enjoy it, but it's not building to Owens Rollins. No. And they're not really doing anything necessarily with him. Yeah. Like like you say, he's just kind of the other guy in this whole story. Uh, tag team division, the New Day dropped another. Well, I shouldn't say the New Day dropped another, but WWE dropped their second Danny Tanner reference in 2016. <laughs> I would guess there weren't two Danny Tanner references in the 20 years prior <laughs> to 2016. Uh, they put Cesaro over as handsome, suave. Debonair speaks five languages. Sheamus is looking stupid, being hot garbage. Basura, basura, basura. Uh, Cesaro against Kofi. Kofi ends up getting the win. Um, how do you feel about the New Day right now? They need to be put with somebody that can play off of them. And Cesaro and Sheamus, they haven't, they have, this is their first interaction with the New Day, mm-hmm. so... And they're not even on the same page with each other. Exactly. They're more just fighting against each other. Exactly. The New Day, they've been better the last two weeks. The last week they were with Jericho and Owens, and, and now they're just out there making fun of Cesaro and Sheamus, which mm-hmm. is fine because it was entertaining. Because that, that's what they do best, make fun of people. You can't just throw them out there and, ha- and have, them have old people jokes like they were gals and Anderson. Yeah. They have to have somebody to play off of. Right. Um, are we dead set on that they're going to break Demolition's record? That's the only reason they're even talking about Demolition is because that record is going to be broken? It's hard to tell because... I it's see, still like quite a long time. Yeah, because I can see Cesaro them. and Sheamus, like... I can see them get on the same page because the, the New Day are babyface. I can mm-hmm. see them get on the same page. And I don't think the New Day is a throwaway tag team where you just have Cesaro and Sheamus win by accident. And then with the Mizzles and Intercontinental title, it's like... Okay, so you could just trade them to SmackDown when this is over. But I don't think you would have them go through all this, a best, a best of 25 series, yeah. <laughs> and then weeks of teaming up just to lose. Yeah. So you think they'll treat them better than they treated the Golden Truth, which was about four months of build yeah. to them finally being a tag yeah, team, and th- now th- they're gone. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's what I would think. That, like, like, the New Day, they're just not some... They're not somebody you just throw in there and just to take a fall. No, I, I agree with you. Um, and I, I really do believe like they wouldn't be talking about that record if they didn't have intentions of them beating it. Yeah, because like I said, I've been watching the rest of the 16, 17 years. I never hear them mention Demolition. Yeah, you didn't hear it until, what, two, three weeks ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what are they at? For what? 400 I don't know days. the exact number. It's got to be like in like the 14s, I think. Like 4, 410, 414, something like that. Uh, in more tag team action... 
Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel ended up back together against Enzo and Cass. Only Gallows and Anderson came down and took out Enzo and Cass. The one thing they do great. Mm-hmm. Do you think this could be a better feud than they had with the New Day? Well, we kind of saw this already. And as long as Gallows and Anderson don't play that comedy role, because comedy role, because we, we know that doesn't work, so, but Enzo can play the comedy role. Enzo yeah. and Cass, they'll, they'll play the comedy role because well, even in the summer, but at ba- the Leap the Battleground, Enzo was awesome. That was yeah. probably the best Enzo was. Mm-hmm. So, as long as Gals and Anderson, they're not playing a comedy role and they're actually, actually the, the beat-up bruiser tag team, they'll be fine. Yeah, that was one of the best promos of the entire year. Not even just for him, like, in the whole company. Yeah. That Battleground promo was awesome. Yeah. Um, and I was uh, very happy that we were a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Sami Zayn and Neville come out. We were talking about this a couple weeks ago as well, that we wanted to see them get back together again because it's something for both guys to do. They get the win over Axel and Bo Dallas with the Haluva kick into the Red Arrow. Will this be a thing? Or will it just be a thing every now and again? We're like, oh, yeah, we, we could do that. If they remember. <laughs> do we think they'll remember? A couple weeks. A couple weeks you give it? Or every week, every now and then they'll remember. I would like to see them get to do like a, an extended run as a tag yeah, team because it'll be fun. Yeah, and like we said, something both guys, something for both guys to do, which they have not had much to do. Yeah, recently, unfortunately. Uh, Titus had another match last night against our truth. Our truth, tremendous in that payday ad with Jericho. <laughs> by the way, our uh, truth got the win, so I guess this Titus. Is Titus going to go through a losing streak like Ty Dillinger did? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Do we care? No. Okay. Cruiserweight division. We had more buildup between TJ Perkins and Brian Kendrick. Um, they're actually telling a story there still. Yeah. It's the only story we're yeah. getting out of the Cruiserweights. But I guess if you're going to do one, it might as well be for the title. Um he says Brian Kendrick is scared because if he doesn't succeed now, he knows like it, it's his last chance. Any chance Brian Kendrick wins that title? I wouldn't mind it. Me neither. I kind of feel like he has earned it. I He's been be, the best yeah. character. He was I the best be, character in the Cruiserweight Classic. I wouldn't be surprised. He's I wouldn't paid be surprised. his dues, obviously. Yeah. Because nobody else has a character in that division. Right. Everybody else, you could probably just say it's just, it's just a baby face. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be shocked if Kendrick did win the title. I wouldn't either. Like I said, I think he's earned it because he actually was the only guy in the Cruiserweight Classic that had a character all the way through, like was telling a story all the way through. It's carried over onto Raw. Yeah, I think he's earned it. I, I get that you want to kind of put over TJ Perkins, but I think even if he only gets to hold it for a couple weeks, I think he's earned the right to, yeah. to hold it one more time. Um, I, I love that segment with them in the locker room. Um, we got Tony Nese once again. Is that three weeks in a row he's yep. on Raw? In another tag match with Drew Gulak, Philadelphia boy, uh, against Sin Cara and Lince Dorado. Sin Cara now a cruiserweight. Yeah, he signed to the cruiserweight division, but he's already signed to Raw, which makes no sense. Right. <laughs> it does not. Uh, I would have rather seen Kalisto in the cruiserweight division, but obviously that's not going to happen. Um, Lindsay Dorado wins with the Shooting Star Press, a move I always like to see. Mm-hmm. Never gets old. Nope. Uh, unless you see Brock Lesnar do it back in the day oh. and land on his face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But a fun match. I actually I enjoyed that match. Anytime I get to see Tony Nese, I enjoy it. Drew Gulak needs like a new look or something. <laughs> he's just so like generic. Yeah, he is. Like he couldn't be any more generic. He's like your default when you create a wrestler. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it looks like. Just a bald head, black trunks. Yeah. It, it, it just <laughs> he needs to come up with something. Uh, <clears throat> TJ Perkins had a match with Arya Davari with Brian Kendrick on commentary. TJ Perkins got another win. I thought Kendrick was good on commentary too. Kendrick's awesome. Like I, I think I forgot that he was actually good. Well, he never <laughs> talked. When he was in Paul London, he never talked because they were, they were faces. Then he then he became the Brian Kendrick. But that was that wasn't for that long because after he got after not so long he got released. Yeah, I I really hope that they give him like give him something because he he deserves it. Yeah. Um, and he's part of like we said the only story in the cruiserweight division. Um. Braun Strowman in a handicap match. He said he wanted to step up in competition. Just a splash, brother. I thought he was going to have a match against the Big Show. They're saving that for that for the Mecca of Hell yeah. in a Cell. <laughs> yeah. But he went obviously squashed in the handicap match once again. Has Braun Strowman grown on you at all? No. All right, I'm going to say that. <laughs> I me neither. Um, I think that's everything really for Raw. It was a better episode than it was two weeks ago, by far. Um, obviously, a couple nitpicks, but I think you can't get through all Raw without a couple nitpicks. Women's division in a great spot. I hope that we get like a really good build for the next two weeks towards Hell in a Cell. Uh, they deserve it. Um, anything else from Raw that you think maybe we didn't mention? Um, no, I think we, got, we hit everything. Do they need to do better, or they, do you feel like they did better? You did better. <laughs> Good. Uh, NXT, we might as well get into this before you know the show ends. The Dusty Rhodes Classic is underway. We had, what, two matches from the yeah. Dusty Rhodes Classic? The Bollywood Boys, was that their debut on NXT? Yeah. It, was good, it was good to see them. They got squashed by the Authors of Pain. Mm-hmm. How far do they get, the Authors of Pain? I could see them going to the finals. But not winning. Yeah. Um, Cien Amos and Cedric Alexander against the Revival. I thought this was a really good match. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually led to character development. Yeah. Like, we, I was talking weeks ago about how already Amos has been relegated to, like, He's kind of just putting over new guys. Yeah. And he's new. Yeah. They put, they, they did it to him. That was their fault. They, you, you put him against Ty Dillinger, you're going to get booed. You put him against mm-hmm. Bobby Roode, he's going to get booed. Yeah, and that's what they did. Yeah, it's not, you didn't, they didn't put him against Dillinger once. They did it like two, three times. Yeah. Yeah, which they didn't need to do. But after they lose, he turns on Cedric Alexander. So I assume that's going to be a, a story going forward. I'm glad it gives Cedric Alexander something to do. Uh, and the revival is growing on me. They did one good thing. Yeah, what was the one good thing? I think um, almost was going for the was was trying to tag in Scott Dawson with, with the one with the chops, whatever mm-hmm. he is. He ran around and blocked them from going to the yeah. tag. And see, they always do those, those kind of little things. Mm-hmm. Like they find different ways to break up tags. But I think what I like about them, and I don't think I really realized this until this match, they are obviously not high flyers. They're very straightforward. Like kind of old school wrestlers, I think that they can play off of these high flyers really well. 
because it's just such a different style. Like they're more hard hitting, and like I said, old school kind of tech, more technical wrestling. I think that they can they can tell good stories within matches just based on that. I mean, their shirts say "No flips, just fists" or whatever it is. I I like them in these spots against these kind of guys. Uh, do they win the Dusty Rose no. Classic? It has to be a babyface team. Yeah. Who do we project was going to win it? I said Gargano and Ciampa. Oh, yeah. I feel like it should be them. They've earned it as well. Yeah. Based and on their I never said I had a problem with Rival in the ring. It's just did, with everything no, else. No, but, but I think as as characters, they're getting a little better, yeah. too. Like, the whole top guys out. I feel like they're just so obnoxious now that it kind of plays into their... They have, like, a persona now, at least. Um, Rich Swan against whatever Patrick Clark is supposed oh to be now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, God. He must have watched season two of the, of the Chappelle show. <laughs> Do you think he was making pancakes after the match? He was representing the revolution. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird. Uh, but I thought it was a fine match. I was glad to see Rich Swan get another uh, win. Even Rich Swan was like, what the hell is this guy? Yeah. So I was like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Uh, and I don't know if it's going to be. A th- I guess it's going to be his gimmick. Yeah. Just walk on air. Just like, uh, just like when he, when he dunked the basketball, he put his arms out. <laughs> I just want him to walk off the tournament, just walk on air. Uh, I would love for him to do that. <laughs> then that character would make some sense. Um, we had a women's match. Peyton Royce against, was this the debut of Danielle Camella? Yep. Peyton Royce wins. Billy Kay in her corner. Are they a tag team? Yeah, um, thing. I, I guess that's what they're going to do. So why, why do you think they didn't have a tag match? I don't know. Because um, they showed the um, the promo of what they did with Liv Morgan backstage, but they're a thing. Okay, well, I, I could get behind that. Like I said, I saw them at the Performance Center back in September. They were still a tag team at that time, and they were like, I don't think they ever got a chance to talk on NXT when they were a tag team. No, they were, they were just enhancement talent. But they were, like, really funny together. Really? Yeah, like kind of like Mean Girl-esque. Like, yeah, cause that's what, they, that's what they, they look like on TV. Yeah, that's what I, th- like more, I think more. there's a lot of potential in them as a tag team, and hopefully they let them run with it. Yeah, because um, I'd like to care about more than just two women in the division. Yeah. Because NXT's been kind of rough to watch for the past six months. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about No Way Jose and Rich Swan as a tag team? That'll be fun. It will be a lot of fun. Um... Looking forward to who are they matched up with? Do you know? Oh, I forgot. I'll check right now. But I, for, I, I mean, not that it's important. Was. Did they have a match tonight? I'm not sure if it's tonight. Well, either way, I hope they at least get one win in this thing. I yeah. think they will. I think that that'll be fun. Yeah, two popular characters, and probably the biggest thing to come out of this was so Dan Matha debuted. He skipped chest day and ab day <laughs> and shoulder day. He has no chest. He's he, all arms. Yeah. He is. He works the glory muscles. <laughs> <laughs> the muscle. <laughs> yeah, the glory muscle. But the main story with that is he took a beating from Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe has now beaten up his new golden boy or whatever he called him. Good. His new blue chip prospect. So Joe continues to wreak havoc on the NXT roster. When does William Regal address this and do something about it? Or do you already know? Watch tonight. You'll see it tonight. <laughs> All right. So I don't have to wait long yeah. to find out. Uh, anything else from NXT? Please do better. Yeah, it's it's not uh, the most enjoyable watching 
Yeah, because there was like times a year or so ago, I would watch NXT live. Now I can just wait till oh, wait a week later. Because I don't, I don't really care. I'm not invested in it. Yeah, I was typically watching it a full week later, like an hour before we would do the show. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last week I watched it because of uh, we were a day behind. But So, yeah, I guess we'll see if this week is better. Have you read anything that makes you think it will be any better? A little bit. Okay, so we may see some improvement. Yeah. Do you think this is just like some growing pains after they've lost so much talent? Or do you think that there may be... Like, maybe they hit a wall that they may not be able to get over for a, a little while. It's a bit of both because it's a lot. It's uh, it's kind of both because with the women first, they, like I said, Liv Morgan talked for the first time this, well, mid-September. And she's been on the roster for a, a little over a year. Mm-hmm. That's the first time we talked. First time we heard Billy Kay talk was a promo before NXT Brooklyn. Yeah. And she just started winning matches in August. And this is the first time we've seen Payne Royce in how long? They didn't, they didn't build new characters. It's like, okay, we got Carmella, we got Alexa Bliss, we're going to throw them in there with Asuka and Bailey. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it. And then with the men, it's like, okay, you bring in Bobby Roode, you bring in Austin Aries, you bring in, um, you bring in Shinsuke Nakamura, but, you, but you're losing Finn Balor, you're losing the same thing. Those are your, face, those are your top faces right. of your brand. So it's like, what, what do I have to look forward to NXT anymore? Because as, as good as Shinsuke Nakamura is, he's not going to wrestle there yet NXT. So same thing with... Bobby Roode he's mm-hmm. a wrestler every episode of NXT so it's like they're going through it's, it's a little bit of both and especially in the main the, in the main event level because now it is have, have Dale and Tommy again yep yeah out for months was the story that yeah. I saw <laughs> I like how Dirty said months mm-hmm. and yeah it, we don't have any of these he'll be out for some time yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's like it's a, it's a bit of both <laughs> and they have to build characters to make us care but th- they haven't done that it's been no. hard on them yeah, I agree. Um, so I believe that is it for Matt Madness this week. Do we have uh, a question? Yeah, we have a question from Donovan Loda Annoyed. No okay. relation. <laughs> All right. He asks us, even though Roman has the U.S. title, does it seem like they're still trying to make him seem like the champ? So I, I don't know if I'd say they're trying to make him seem like the champ. But they're trying to still position him as he is the guy. Um, Now, I don't think that's bad because you don't want to put him completely on the back burner. Like, you want people to know that this guy is a star here. And especially now that he has the U.S. title, you want him to do something for the U.S. title based on his stature. So it doesn't do it any good if you... It's one thing to move him down on the card, but you don't want to move him down as far as how important he is. So I do think they're trying to still portray him as just as important as he always was, just in a different role. Uh, so maybe not necessarily the champ, especially because Kevin Owens is... There's no doubting that Kevin Owens is the champ. Yeah. Like, he carries himself like the champ. He never lets you forget he's the champ. But they do. They are keeping Roman positioned very highly. So what do you? what is your thought on that? I agree, because it's like... This kind of... They kind of cater to the fans in this situation because it's like, you don't want Roman in the main event? I mean, well, you don't want Roman as your champion? Give him the U.S. title. <laughs> so, they give him the U.S. title. Same, same thing they did with Cena. It's like, okay, Cena's the U.S. champion, but he's still the guy. Mm-hmm. So, no matter what, 
he's still gonna have a prominent role on the shows. He's always gonna be in the main event because even though Roman Reigns got in trouble, he's still basically been in the main event almost every week on Raw. Yeah, he's almost always closing the show. Exactly. Almost every week. Exactly. So <laughs> in a way, the fans the fans kind of got what they want. They don't want Roman as a world champion, but he's still in that prime position. And it's the same thing they did with Cena. How silly is that, by the way? Silly. Like, okay, he could be in the main event all the time, just as long as he's not doesn't have that belt. Yeah. Like, because the important part is where he is on the card and what match he's in. The, the, the important part isn't necessarily that he mm-hmm. is the champion. Yeah. Like, if he's closing the show, if he's in the most important storyline or whatever the case may be, that that is when you know he is the quote-unquote chosen guy, not so much. Because the title changes hands. It's not like, like Stone Cold Steve Austin didn't always have the title. He yeah. had it a lot, but so did other guys during his time. The Rock didn't always have the title. John Cena, as much as he's held the title, he didn't always have it. Um, and so now Roman doesn't have it. And eventually he will again. <laughs> I'm just curious what people are going to react, how people are going to react when he does have it again. Yeah, they, well, they're hoping with a lengthy ring without it will make, make, make people change, change about him. Yeah, well, I, I do think some people are coming around. Yeah. Like, I don't think we were the biggest Roman guys when we started doing this show in oh, January. I we didn't Ro- hate him. I liked Roman ever since he was in the show. I didn't, I'm one of the few that I didn't turn him. I was like, okay, why are you... Hate this guy because because he's becoming a top guy like anybody else in the company ever yeah. does. It's kind of like when your favorite band, who you started mm-hmm. listening to on their first album or whatever, gets huge two albums later, and then you don't like them anymore because they sold out almost. Yeah, like. that's how I felt about Drake. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I felt. I, I, I didn't turn on him completely though. So you still like Drake? Yeah. Just not like you once did. Yeah. So he's the he's the Roman Reigns of hip hop yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy, but he's the he's guy. The guy. <laughs> All right, so thank you, Donovan, for the question. Always appreciate it. Uh, that's it for Matt Madness this week. The best wrestling podcast in the wrestling podcast business. Vintage Pash. <laughs> so what, you got, a, you got a little instruction for our, our listeners this week? Yep. Tell your friends to get with our friends. We could be friends. We do this every Wednesday. <laughs> iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, five star, five star, five star, five star, five star reviews. Matt.Madness underscore podcast on Instagram, Matt Madness on Facebook, and Matt Madness Pod on the Twitter. Alo, thank you for that. Uh, so I said last week I would read any new reviews on the show. I failed to check, so there may be some I, on there. Not on iTunes. Okay, so anyone who writes a five star review. Or any review. I'll take anything. Yeah. It'll be right on the show. Uh, so hopefully we hear from you guys. And for Mr. Wednesday Night Live, Alo, Aaron Lloyd, hailing from Auckland, New Zealand, I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Got him now. Put him down right now. Hit him with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. This is Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again. Fans mocking man, man, I hate my balls. Shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome. Well, what I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.